Benfica Podcast is one of the founding partners or founding projects of Benfica Independent. Uh, BenficaIndependent.com is a site where you can find tons and tons of content. Our podcast included Brinco do Batista, Benfica FM, along with uh, uh, audio uh, recaps uh, of games, a lot of podcasts about modalidade, if that's your thing and you want to keep up uh, with the modalidade, but you really don't have the time uh, on your schedule to watch the modalidade on BTV, you can now catch the recaps and also modalidade talk on Befigan Pennant, along with a lot of uh, uh, opinion articles, uh, all independent, everyone with their own opinion. There's no agenda between uh, Befigan uh, Pennant the only thing is that we just want what's best uh, for the club. Uh, Benfica Independent is also on Patreon with two levels of support, one at two and one at five. Uh, and I believe the five gets you some uh, free swag. So uh, if you like the content and if you like what's produced on there, uh, please do support us uh, by going to uh, patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent. Ser benfiquista é uma crença. É uma religião muito grande. A visão é um culto. É que a gente é que é que é vontade, que é o caráter das pessoas. Calma de quem é grande, maior que os maiores. É uma paixão para a explicação. Eu não consigo explicar o que é ser do Benfica. Eu sinto o que é ser do Benfica. Mas de facto uma paixão. E as paixões são assim, vivem-se assim intensamente. Aqui não há nenhuma razão. É paixão, paixão, paixão. Ser Benfica. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With me, as always, Cristiano Oliveira and Dave de Oliveira. We'll take some time to introduce each other. If you don't know, now you know. Cristiano, como é que é, amigo? Como é que estás? Estás, estás bem? Sentes-te bem hoje? Beleza, cara. Finalmente chegou o momento de chegar aqui no podcast e estar a little bit happy because finally I have a positive result. Absolutely. Ecstatic. Very happy to be. Summer break, unfortunately, is over. That's the only bad news. Because now once football season starts, you know that those nice, beautiful, hot, sunny, muggy beach days are going to start. And, uh, but, you know, we're still uh, happy to be here talking once again about our beloved Benfica. And uh, that's right. Know, on positive notes this time. Positive. Positive Cristiano is makes its comeback for the second season in a row. Let's see how long it lasts, but it's it's back. It's um it's been a while. It's been a while since we had um since we had something positive to talk about. Um, but we're good. Dave, how are you, man? I'm doing well, thank you, Chris. Are you one of those guys that as soon as the uh, calendar turns over to August, that's it? Summer's over? No, Where no, be, no. Here's here's the interesting thing. My birthday is in August. It's next week, as a matter of fact. Friday the 13th. Send <laughs> all your gifts now to Cristiano. Yes. I mean, uh, do you have a Patreon account? No? We have a GoFundMe. <laughs> they create one. If you guys want to send gifts, you know, you guys are more than welcome to send me gifts. But uh, so I anxiously await for my birthday, right? Because obviously, who do you know? People like to enjoy their birthday. Now that I'm turning 28, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit sluggish. 28 on I'm, each foot. For I'm this. getting close to 30. It's, you know, it's a little bit depressing. But nonetheless, I'm still young. The thing is, once I get to my birthday, then Dave, then I start to think, damn, summer days are behind us. So it's like I anxiously await for it, but then I'm like, damn, that means summer's over. But nonetheless, I'm still accepting gifts. So, you know, cheer me up. 
<laughs> Cheer me up. Dave, how's it going, my brother? I'm doing well. Everything's doing well, guys. Thank you. Um, yeah, good to be back on. And and it's positive. In a European competition, nonetheless, either. We can't say that uh, too often uh, recent years. So everything's uh, coming up in FICA, it looks like, for now. Yeah, no, so absolutely. So as you guys could tell, we're a little giddy about the, the win today. Uh, we'll get into that, but we got uh, tons more to discuss here. We got, uh, and not in, in any particular order, but Rui Costa obviously had his, his first uh, official public uh, interview after taking over the presidency. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, uh, Spartak recap, we'll have that. Befica's uh, forward signing, Roman Yaramchuk. Uh, somebody that Yaru! we hope, <laughs> somebody that we hope, uh, can we just call him Yaru? Will be the, the Russian, some uh, I was talking about Russian, the, Ukrainian, Ukrainian. Sorry, yeah, but, uh, no, 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 sorry. I, 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 uh, no, I was talking to Tiago, uh, obviously, and she said, Yeah, he's, he's like Ukrainian Cardozo. The only one who agrees That's with good, you, man. Uh, the only one who agrees with you on that is uh, what's his name, uh, Putin, calling it Russia. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's pleased with that, so he's probably gonna give you a you know, recommendation or some type of token on your uh, GoFundMe account. But Yarum. Yarum just call him Yarum. Because we had a Yudin and it went well for a short while. <laughs> I liked him. I like him as a knucklehead. But... So let's go with Yarum. Yarum is a fantastic sign. I'm, I'm hoping I could call him Iceman at some point Bro, this it, season. And if he's the if he, and if he's the Ukrainian Cardozo, sh- sign me up. I mean, that's that's our greatest foreign goal scorer in the history of the club. Absolutely. I mean, can't be worse than that. Let's go. Yeah. We also got a, a, a new jersey that was unveiled officially. Not unveiled, but we saw it officially live on the pitch today in Russia. A third uh, jersey for, for Benfica. Uh, so I'll get the Cristiano's thought and, and Dave's thought on on what uh, what they thought of the new jersey. Uh, and also, um, what it is. First game of the Liga B win. As we open up our domestic campaign this upcoming Saturday, it's just in the first game, Benfica in their first official game, Benfica meets their former coach, title-winning coach Rui Victorious, and now in their first official league game, they 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 go up against another Benfica giant, Stephen Victoria. I mean, it's just back Canadian to back. legend. It's that's all it is. Benfica's f- matching up and you know playing against their former their former players and especially you know this fantastic defender a shout out to my boy neil up in canada who thinks benfica should get rid of otamendi vertonghen and verissimo and bring him in i mean we'll see what happens early on in the transfer window (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway so tons of topics which one do you want to touch up for you want to go with the request interview you want to or or you want to go with the spartak let's let's save the spartak i'm not in the mood to speak today i'm gonna let dave speak let uh, I guess I could, I could brush up on 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 some some things that Lucosta as as mentioned I guess. Tu é coisas faladas coisas presidenciais. So twenty days after taking over as uh, president, uh, Lucosta had his, his first public um, interview, and I'll just mention a couple of things that were that were that were mentioned. And anything that you guys want to uh, comment on uh, on the comments, obviously we'll we'll publish in. Uh, and discuss, uh, but he was perplexed by the detention. Christian, do you really think he was perplexed by the detention? Were they all caught by surprise, or did they know something was coming? I mean, after a while of so many buskas. Like my good friend Mark McGuire once said when he was being questioned by the Congress, I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) Was he perplexed? I mean, I don't think he himself was perplexed. 
Yeah, he said that also uh, the fact that they were so caught up by surprise because there was a big criticism on on why the club had taken a, a public position on what had happened and uh, spoken out uh, freely and, and openly about what happened. And he said that they were also perplexed by the announcement and everything that that happened that they were really know how to address the situation. And and I'll say this, right? A club that's well organized, well structured is ready to jump into action. Anything that anything happen anything that happens, the club is ready to publicly publicly make a statement, right? When Matamoru's put in his is uh is 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 suit public suit against the the club because they were violating the statutes the club took all but 25 minutes to make a public uh, appearance in in a public statement so uh, i don't know I, I think that they were kind of feeling it out i, I don't know but uh, you know um and he said he also said that his speech wasn't meant to uh, ignore uh, Luis Fiera but rather to prioritize defending the club's interests um and uh, he doesn't want to be uh really assessed or judged based on his performance on the field, but rather uh, on uh, his performance as a president. And it's something that's, that's kind of like a far cry, right? Because when he's first makes his appearance at Stadeluge that where he announces, I am now the president. One, the, the way he opens up that speech is like, you saw me defend your colors here in the stadium many, many times, blah, 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 which is like, okay, well, there's, I got to make this connection, right? Not the Condoloisa type of attitude that I've had and what people judge me on uh, based on what I've done with Luis Oliveira so far, but rather the positive image that fans have of me is playing on this pitch. And I kind of want to associate those two. And now he kind of contradicts himself where he says, I don't want to be, Uh, judged based on my playing days and what I did for this mm -hmm. club as a player, but rather as of what I'm going to do as a president. Look, I'll say this. I think Rui Costa has been very careful with what he's he said so far publicly. And I know it depends on which side of the aisle you're on. Um, you're going to agree with some of the things he said. Obviously, if you're on the other side of the aisle, you know, you want him to be a little bit more critical. Uh, my personal opinion on it, I, look, I, I would have liked to see him distance himself a little bit more uh, if it is indeed that, you know, they had absolutely nothing to do with this. They had no knowings of what was going on, you know, going on in the background. I would like to see a little bit more distance uh, from, from the past president. But that being said, I think Rui Costa has, has said every, you know, all the right things. I think he was well-spoken. I think we got a little bit more from Rui Costa than we've gotten in the last 17 years or so from our former president's interview. And, and I think he was sincere. Now, it's just a matter of him being still linked to the people that been in charge, so the that song that's been in place for over 17 years. And obviously a lot of people, you know, myself included, are not happy with the direction of the club over these uh, last, especially like 10, 11 years, I should say, because initially everything was roses and we were in such a deep hole that everything anyone would do at the time would be in a positive would, would, would be fantastic. And so we all obviously agreed with everything. We applauded everything. But then once we all started opening our eyes, there was a lot of questions that went, un went unanswered over the years. And I think Rui could have distanced himself. But at the same time, I can make the argument that um, that's his buddy. 
That's the guy that brought him back to the lose. That's the guy that put him in the position that he's in now. And again, um, look, he's loyal. He's going to defend this guy. You may not agree with it. You may not like it, but he's going to defend this guy. Just like I defend you, Alfredo, no matter what. Um, and I hope he defend me. Uh, Dave, you know, got your back. Um, and, you know, it, it's just he's being a buddy and he's being loyal to his guy. But at the same time, I think he sent the message, the appropriate message that judge Benfica, judge him on today's results, judge him on what's going to happen between now and the election date, whenever that is, which hasn't been set yet. And so um, I, I, look, I can't really be too critical about what he said. I guess my biggest criticism, if I had to to give him one, is the fact that they him and you know he hasn't really distanced himself but again it, i think it's 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 understandable at least on my behalf it's yeah. understandable he was also asked about uh signing documents because apparently when you're signing a major contract there's two uh, um signatures that you need from higher ranking members of the directive uh and he was asked if he ever signed something that he felt that he was dubious and he said no i really uh, never felt that, and there was times that I was that the document was at the Seychelles, and I was at Stade Loser. I was at the Seychelles, and the document was Stade Loser, so on and so forth. But here's the question I got: He's been what vice president since October, correct? No, he's been. He I, was, I think he's been involved in Assad in and at one condition or another, or one in one function or another for a while now. I think that. The, this VP, I think you're right. He's he, he has never been higher than he has been. Well, now. the reason why I asked is because, right, if until let's just say from what we know, right, he wasn't a, a, a vice president until October from what we know. Right. Yeah. OK. So why would he need to sign any paperwork when he was just, you know, part of the that? So, I mean, that's those those types of paperwork. I would imagine I would assume. That it's they have to be signed by the president and, and a, VP. A, a vice president or a main guy in the side. It wouldn't, I don't think it would fall down to a Rui Costa. Now, since he's been appointed, uh, or no, whatever that word you want to use, as vice president in, since October, then maybe the question should be since your new role in October, have you signed? Because prior to that, why would he need to sign anything? I'm just I mean, maybe I'm just ignorant. Yeah, but I, I don't I just don't why. know if if prior to October he was in a position. That's what I'm saying. Right. Why if, would he need to sign prior to October? If he was in a position where his signature counted as one of the higher ranking officials, then then yes. Yeah, well, I don't know assume, if he was. And we assume, right, Dave? We we all assume his signature is gonna matter once he's named vice president. Now he matters. Prior to that, he was just the director sportivo, uh whatever he was, uh uh, he had an official I title. I forget what it was. I have no idea. Yeah, he had was, multiple official titles. Yeah, and... yeah. But at the time, I don't. I don't believe he needed to sign off on anything. I think it had come. It had to come down from the top. And now, since he's been appointed vice president, now his signature might have been required. And now that the question is a little bit different. Yeah. Um. And Diogo Reis, you know, Diogo says sounds sounds like Alfredo's team. Hua Rui. Um. That's my boy look, from Canada. Diogo, what's up, Diogo? <laughs> and, and and look, not um. I have a problem with it, this this whole directive and 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 I'm having a hard time comprehending how things were happening and none of them were aware. For example, right? 
Uh, and he was asked about the Pinta Costa, the authorization that Pinta Costa got to film at Stadio de Luz. And he said he wasn't aware. And he had he been aware, he would have been against it. How is a guy like that, that's a VP, not aware that a that a president of your biggest rival in which their official channel spent months on end divulging emails and creating narratives that didn't exist, taking emails out of context. How do you allow a guy that's the figurehead of that club that has done so much against Benfica to film an episode of a series dedicated to Porto Glory at Stadio de Luz? I don't. I. I just. I have a hard time comprehending that, and I know that if that we've kind of beaten this, this, this horse to a to a dead pulp in terms of this conversation. Christiana said, "Well, I would like to see video because so far all I've heard is that that happened, that happened, that happened, and we haven't seen video yet. And then the episode was published, and I sent it to Cristiano, and Cristiano basically just did an SMH type of deal. I just I didn't even shake my head. I just bowed down and. You know, look down right. with, with shame. I mean, I, I let's change. I don't want to talk. I mean, that's just the yeah. Let's, Luis Luis Souza uh, is saying that he was an administrator of the side. So if he was administrator of the side, obviously he did have powers uh, to sign yes, documents. But I, again, I look as you stated before, and I said before, he's had a bunch of different titles. The question is, as of when? Since when? Yeah, but if he was administrador of the Sad even before October, he know, was the guy that had I'm those powers. He had those powers. I know that, to sign but, to sign documents. But was it what six months before, a year before, five no, he years? He's been administrador of the Sad before he became this new title of VP, or now he's a president. Huh? But before October, he was the administrador of the Sad. I just say that. Is para mim é como the thing that the police on the tropa, sergeant, capitão, I don't know the difference, bro. <laughs> no, but he, he was he had power to sign documents, obviously. Uh I had seen him present and player signings. Uh and, and Luis is, is saying here he had been for a while. Yeah. Okay, been. so then so then I guess I have to amend, right? Which is I guess he, he's been in a position to sign these documents. So I guess then that's why that, that question was relevant. Right. Uh so look, um, I just I I just want to I just want to know the truth. I just want transparency over over everything. Um, they promised an internal audit, but what's that going to do? Uh, you know, if somebody's going to come in and and, and clean your house, and they're going to uh, or come and check to see if your house is good under the rug, and and, and it's they're going to give you the ability to to clean your house, right? So they're not going to show up as oh, let's see what your house looks like. I'll tell you what. We're going to come and look at your house. Just don't move that rug. But <laughs> we'll let you know when. At that point, if you're doing an internal investigation, I mean, it's the same thing. You're going to hide or you're going to tie up any loose hands that might incriminate you. Uh, hey, look, I I'm all up for the elections, and I hope that the elections do get uh, scheduled. Uh, and look, if Luis Costa goes up for election and he gets voted, he will be my president. Dave, I think this calls for an inspector gadget and <laughs> inspection i think we need to get him involved because he always unveils all the dirt what do you guys think i don't know i don't even know if he's the right man to uh for this for this job because like alfredo said they uh they've got enough time to uh clean it up pretty good before uh anything comes out yeah. that would uh incriminate Rui Costa if it goes uh that deep and 
who knows? Maybe he's smart and he's going to schedule a, a snap election if Benfica qualifies through for Champions League right away. And that'll be what people go into the elections uh, on a high note, right? If, uh, if we're able to qualify that way. Yeah. Benfica uh, just can't do that. Benfica, I, I think I said this a couple of pods ago. We need to be better. We've been involved in this shenanigans for over 30 years. It helped, uh, not over, but roughly. No, 20 something, like 97. So 20, let's just say 25 25 years. We've been in this BS. We need to be smarter. We absolutely need to be smarter. The question I have uh, is when anytime I'm on social media, 95% of the talk towards, you know, the former president and whatever, it's all negative. So how in the world do they win the election by such a huge mark? Mark. Well, I, I mean, look, you got to look People at the aren't showing up. No, but but here's the explanation for that. Right. People on Twitter and people on Facebook and people not on on social media are can be three different demographics. Right. Typically, the people on Twitter are more anti Luis Riviera than the people that are on Facebook. And that's because there's a different demographic, different ages, so on and so forth. So you're going to find that. So whatever social media channel you're on, the most is where you could see the sway between the factions, if you will. Uh, so, but, but look, to me, he, he promised. They all, the other thing is that they were they promised an order to the to the votes, and as Nun Pintu is saying this, the recount of the ballots. Now you're going to recount the ballots nine months after the election. Who knows what? Who knows what happened to Where the ballots? Where have they been being stored? Where they've been stored? Who's been who's Wait, been watching them? Is this the Nunu Pintu from Formula One, the Lance Stroll personal <laughs> driver trainer? Is that you, Nunu? Carrega, meu amigo. You messed up my boy Leclerc's car this week. <laughs> no, I, uh, look, I, I think it's all it, it's uh, it will appease some fans. But after nine months, after nine months, you're gonna recount the ballots and you're gonna see if they're right or not. When you you I have no idea where they've been. You don't know who's audited them. (laughs) Let's be fair about something. Let's be fair. It's just my estimation of this. Ever since we've seen that that interview that that by Rui Costa to TV, um, and everything the club's done so far, you know, they they talk about transparency. I think they're being a little bit more upfront about things. And let's just hope that this continues. And the day that these elections are 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 are, you know marked and, and scheduled, I should say. Let's keep this going, regardless of who stays in charge, who comes in. I mean, we absolutely need to have everything out in the open. The Saucews have to have a say. They have to know what's going on at all times, uh, because what we've seen uh, with the semi-dictatorship over the last, uh, I don't know how many years now, right? It's just not the way to go. This club, rather than going forward, this whole thing of there's a friend seems like we're there's atrás in a lot of ways. So let's hope that we actually get back on that path. Yeah, look, uh, as as I mentioned, when the elections happened, whoever gets elected, they'll be my president, much like I didn't vote for Luis Fiera. He was voted the president, regardless of what questions were around the the voting practices and ballot keeping and so on and so forth. He was voted the president. Move on. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. You know, and and that was that's been myself and, and Cristiano's you know approach to this. He was voted president. You know, it was against what we felt was better for the club. But now that there's not much you could do, just just move on. Let's move on. Um, we you're speaking for me, bro. No, because we 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 talk a lot about about things, and and we my sh- votes share are some, private. 
<laughs> we got to go should. on my private account to find out who I voted yeah. for. Uh, and Tiago, Tiago, I'm just mad they didn't invite me. <laughs> you, I wonder if he knew the meeting between Pinto Costa and Luis Felipe Era at Rei dos Leitões. Yeah, I'm pissed. Yeah, I'm pissed. That <clears> I don't, I don't know if he knew. Uh, I, I have at at some point the picture that's painted to us is that Vieira is now a rogue operative in this uh, whole Benfica that he's he's doing a lot of things on his own that people didn't know I about. Mean, isn't 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 the rumor out there that he or I guess some people have verified it that he was a a, a socio of Porto do Porto and he still is I know, because but, they pay his cotas for him. No no no. But what I'm saying is. He was a socio of both of those clubs before ever becoming a socio of Benfica. It's very possible. He said, I use the Pachinish. So that rogue agent, It was good. Bro, <laughs> this, we're going to see this one time on a CIA yeah. exclusive. Yeah, nobody really knows uh, what, what the subject matter was uh, of that conversation, but it was rare that those guys uh, sit together. And when they sat, uh, apparently, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just Luis Lufieta saying, look, I got a shit storm headed towards me, so you, yeah, I think, you, I think you better was, open up your umbrella so you don't get uh, sprayed. I think it's smart thinking about Pinto Costa. He's trying to convince Luis Vieira to let him, to allow him to do that interview at the start of the loose. And, and what better way than with a late down? I think with a late down, you can convince anybody of anything. So it's smart thinking on his part. He was able to look. Obviously, it worked. Yeah. Um, what do you call it? And uh, <laughs> Sergio just uh, ran. George Mendes is a puppet master. Uh, yeah, I look. I think that um, that somebody with the influence of George Minge and with the with the player stable that he has, he's a guy that you that you need to have good relations with, uh, and understanding that you're probably going to get in bed with with the devil. But I mean, when you when you're the agent for for the top talent in the world, you need to have those contacts. You need to have that relationship because anytime you need. Something a little extra, so the 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 player's decision sways your way. You're gonna need that agent, man, to be on your side. Uh, Tiago is also saying that I think Rui Costa was left in the dark with a lot of issues. Yeah, that, I think that's a valid point, right? Because at what point did Luis Felipe Vieira know what he was doing and said, "I'm not gonna burn Rui Costa," and as a result, I'm gonna deliberately leave him out of this, so there's no connection between. This, this fuckatrua that I'm doing, and and Rui Costa, Bro, it's, it's possible. Uh, it's this, possible. This is a whole lot of speculating here. I mean, look, we we know for sure um, that the old man was up to no good. That's what we know. Right now, I think we need to concentrate about our future. We need to keep an open mind. We need to be smart. We need to analyze everything, and we're you know, it's obvious. Without having to tell you, it's obvious. Do the right thing when it comes time to vote. Um, because what's been going on for the last 17 years or so is not the path we want. It's not the road we want to take. So we Benficistas have to be smarter to sit here and speculate who's doing what. I mean, that's it is what it is. I mean, look, yeah. today we had Gilberto <laughs> with a great performance. Balone Dior, front runner so far. Good segue. And we're here yeah. talking about nonsense. Yeah, good segue. Uh, turning our attention to uh, turning our attention to the to the Spartak uh, Moscow fixture, uh, Benfica's um, first leg of their pre qualifiers for Champions League uh, group play uh, happened today in uh, in Mother Russia against Spartak uh, Moscow. That's uh, being led by Rui Vitoria. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll give you the lineup. Well, actually, before I give you the lineup, Benfica um, Strio. 
debuted a new jersey. Christian, I know that you're you're not a, a a huge fan of weird patterns, but what are your thoughts? What's what's everybody thought? What's everybody's thoughts on on the comments, man? I want to hear that about the new jersey. Christian, start with you, man. What do you think? My initial initial thought was whack. I'm like, no, hell no. That looks like something I want to put right outside the tub after I give my children a bath, and so like that they don't wet the floor. But it, I think it. <laughs> It grew on me. I think it, it like throughout the game. I think it grew on me. It's a little bit. The back is obviously just all same color, so that's normal. But the front, it looks a little bit wacky. But once your eye gets accustomed to, it, I think it grew on me. So I mean, yeah. I, I don't hate it as much. I don't hate it today as much as I hated it yesterday. I like I like it better than the silver one from a couple years oh, ago. That silver one was whack. Dave, what what do you what do you thought? Silver one or the one that looked like a, a jar of olive oil, the one that the third kit that they had last year is that? No, one he's talking about no, no, that no. silver one with Fernando Mato, where it looked like Fernando that. Oh, yeah, okay, the yeah. silver that's, one. That's... No, the one before this one. That was a oh, silver. That was just white. No, no, no. no it, it was, was like a silver. a silver matrix style. It had like these weird patterns yeah, on it. Yeah, but it wasn't silver. It was like gray. There's a difference between silver and gray. You're right. The silver so is what Fernando made a bag, and that shit was shine. Like, yeah, yeah a space, like, like a spaceman. It looked like a piece of I got foil. that jersey. Look like the foil. I got that yes. jersey. That's the silver. This this third kit is literally just the exact. The back is the uh, the same one that they used. It looks like Adidas is just recycling whatever they left they had at the uh, the the uh, the, the fabrica there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, the, the, the front, like Cristiano said, it's growing on me, but everything else is, is look like they're just recycling all the stuff that they didn't use in the 2016, 2017 season. Cause the back <laughs> is the same, the logo and the crest is the, the same. They just put a new front on it. So I guess they got, uh, they got it up to Adidas to, yeah. uh, trying to reduce, reuse, recycle on their part. I'll tell you when last year's Jersey, the red one, orange one, whatever, to me, it looked a little bit more orange than it did red when it came out. I was like, yeah, but now I think it's, I, I'm, I've become a real fan of it. I mm. really enjoy it. I still don't so like it. I still, I like it because it's different. I like, like the one thing I don't like about saying about Benfica jerseys is that it's different because I believe that Benfica should always be Benfica rep. I'm a traditionalist. Just like I don't believe we should change the, the, the pinstripes on a Yankee uniform and stuff like that. Those traditional, old school, historic clubs don't change their stuff. Don't mess with it because it's not broken. Don't try to fix it. But that red or orange, whatever you want to call it, that hot red from last year has grown on me. So for me, last this year jersey is this, will grow is on this me. one. For me, that's me. He's a training training kit or a goalkeeper shirt. That's what I look at. For me, it's this. It's class, and you could wear it as a fan. You could wear it all the time. I, I wear it to but my uh, to my Tia Maria's wedding the other day. Tu so because people can't tell it's a Benfica shirt from far away, so they don't talk shit to that's you. That's no, <laughs> they can't. You, can they, you gotta come close and see Emirates. It could be Mar Munich. They can see Emirates in the front. They don't know what it is, so they see that that metallic emblem. Yeah, I I agree with you, Victor. Uh, the the jersey's okay, but it could be better. And I think that this this third jersey, we're gonna probably gonna see this design for a lot of teams. Uh, it's like whenever they nah. put out that special edition, oh, made of the all a hundred hundred percent plastic, and Menu is wearing it, and Real is wearing it, but and this nah. team is wearing it. They, I think we're, we're gonna. They would have wore it three years ago. Benfica gets like the cell rack. <laughs> 
like fifty nine percent discount. Like the kids in Guatemala, they get the the Trump oh, Tom Brady jerseys the when when the, yeah, the, <laughs> in Africa they all rock in the the New England Patriots Super Bowl you know shirts when when Eli shoved it. Now, Victor, I agree with you, man. The home look, I, like Stiana said, I'm 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 also a old school guy. Red for home, away is gotta be the white. I don't know, man. I with just, the red shorts. I, with the with the red, not black. We haven't seen the red shorts red in a shorts. while, man. But the red, red shorts and in in white socks or red socks. You know what do you think, man? We have we have actually have somebody uh, in uh, in the studio here. What, what do you what do you think of the New Jersey, bro? Uh, I think the third kit. I think a lot of teams are doing that with their third kit, doing like a retro. They get creative with the third kit. That ain't retro. No, nah, they just <laughs> didn't. Uh, didn't uh, Napoli have something like that a few years ago? Yeah, the, the, they had the army. yeah I, I I agree. I don't think we've seen the red shorts with the white away in a while. I agree with that. We should keep it classic. Red home yeah. always, and the away kit, the second kit, the light silver looks good, like the light gray, like uh, like the one you have, like that jersey you have, Cristiano. But that's not gray. that old school jersey. That's not gray. That's, what like, would you... that's like a cream. Remember back in the yeah. cream, yeah. Yeah, like but nothing cream. too crazy. The third kid, I'm I'm not doesn't it didn't grow on me. Well, not yet, maybe. Yeah. We'll see. It's the first time we've seen it uh we've seen it live today. I'll tell you this much. You know how we're gonna remember this shirt? If we win, we're gonna we love it. So, you know, if hey, you pick so a winner, far, so far, that's why I think that's why it's growing on us. Eh? Did, did, Dave, did you expect anything else against Roy Victorious? <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't think Sergio Cerqueira uh, likes it. But... Sergio, <laughs> Sergio loves it. He just had a bad uh, lunch. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, turning our attention to the to the old the, the happy subject that has us here. Uh but if you could play, play well, no, that's, that's not that's not what happened. We would have been here regardless, Alfredo. So don't don't mislead. That's the true. But how many times did we come here last season and we were like, oh, no, we have to do this now? I mean, let uh, me see. <laughs> well, we played 36 league games and we played another like 14. So, I mean, I'd say close to 40 games we did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in goal, Vlakodimus, Verissimo, Otamene, Vertong, and the three men in a uh, back line. Gonçalves and Grimaldo on the wings. Weigel with João Mario in the middle. Pizzi and Rafa on the wings. And uh, Seferovic up front by himself. Um, surprised by the lineup, Cristiano? No. No, not at all. What about you, Dave? My issue is that with Vlaco and, and Helton late, uh, unless uh, Vlaco decided to or went through keeper training this summer and is now a, a magician with his feet and can still grab the ball with uh, both hands, uh, I don't know why... We're, unless it was a showcase, unless there this is uh, the Vlaco Dima showcase to get uh, teams to uh, sign him, but that still leaves me scratching my head. And there was one instance in this match there where he wasn't too confident with his hands, almost led to a, a Spartak opportunity. But that one was the one that uh, I left scratching my head. And I'd, is that going to be a thing this year where they're switching back and forth, or is it Vlaco's to lose again going forward? Dave, that's a great point because I'm dumb and I apologize. I'm afraid if there's any problems with fight, yeah, I said no, which is so contradicting because as he could attest. I called him in the afternoon and, and I had like a 20 minute conversation about that same. So now I come on here and I'm like, no, no problem. And then I, f I forget all about that because I did. that. What did here's the question to the guys in the chat and everyone listening and anyone who wants to chime in Twitter. But if you can podcast 10 CO 10 talking to the doll, 
87 the 087. Um, what has Vlaco Demos done in the last six months? And what hasn't what has Helton not done in the last six months? Not even six months. Because Helton, yeah, I guess six months. So so what has one done and what has the other guy not done to have this switch back and forth all of a sudden? I understand Alfredo made a good point. Helton got a red card last year. In the Tasa of the Liga game, and then uh, obviously was 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 replaced by Vlaco Dimas to only commit another blunder. Um, mm -hmm. And now he's a starting goalkeeper, so he's missing. Helton has to miss the first game of the season on Saturday against Moreirense. So maybe he wants to keep this guy in form. But but that being said, if Helton is your true number one, don't you want to put this guy in? In a mega pressure game, I understand it's still qualifying and it is very victorious, and I'm pretty sure they were confident about it. But don't you want to put your best foot forward, your best players on the field in a game that has huge importance, huge, you know, magnitude on the rest of your season? So it's it, to me, it leaves me. I, I, I honestly, I can't answer. You yeah, know, I, it leaves me thinking, leaves <clears throat> me guessing. Yeah, I can't. Th there's a couple of ways that uh that I, that I could look at it, and and I'm always the guy that that gives a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, plays the devil's advocate in, in this situation. And to me, it has. We have seen a lot of Vlakodimish because the first game of the season is going to be Vlakodimish, but also. We don't know what happens in the training ground, right? We don't know if there's been an about face in terms of what Vlakodimus' attitude has been, what ad what Vlakodimus work ethic, and not that it was ever a question of it. If if there's a, a different work ethic there, uh, if there's been a meeting between Vlakodimus and JJ and they ash things out, if this is some sort of a reward that JJ is giving to Vlakodimus, look. Here's well, the guy criticized me. Figured he gives him a reward. Shit. No, but at the, at the time he said, if game. we had another keeper, you would be out. You would you, if we had another keeper, we'd be out. But anyway, we do. I don't know if there's been some kind of, and it could be like there's a lot of things that coaches do in terms of uh, getting their players mentally ready for the season. And a lot of it has to do with these little rewards and it has to do with uh, there's players in, 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 or there's coaches and Laj used to be one of them. You practice hard, you work hard all see all all, uh, all week, that opportunity, if it presents itself, it's yours, right? So we don't know if it's a reward that's aimed at that or if it's just like, well, if Vlaco Dimus is going to be my the goalie for the first game of the season, why not give him as many reps as possible it doesn't with the back three? Because it doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you why it doesn't make sense. Because if it's just going to be a one-game situation, doesn't Helton have to get his playing time because he's taking over the reins after? He needs himself to be confident. You can look at it that way. He needs himself to be in shape. So I'm just leaning towards, I think Vlaco Dimus has supplanted Helton. And I don't understand why. You think um, so? I, I do. I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't too happy about him letting go of that ball uh, I, that hit his again, hands, man. Again, it's the same complaints and the same disabilities and the same <laughs> problems. It is. It's a guy, dude, just That's, can't catch the ball. You just can't yeah, catch the ball. Yeah, for somebody that if if it's a reward for A plus at practice, I'm not I'm not buying it because the flaws are still there uh in his game that we saw today. He's still questionable grabbing the and controlling the ball with his hands and he doesn't have any – he can't bring the ball forward with his feet or pick out that that pass with his feet. So that's great that he's trying hard in practice. Give him a ribbon, but don't give him the uh, starting keeper job. Yeah. I just don't understand how you flip-flop. And, again, once you flip-flop, the other guy has to commit 
you know, has to obviously his level can't his level has to drop tremendously in order for you to make the switch back. Because you burn one guy by benching him, and now you're gonna burn another guy. So I mean, you just you're juggling back and forth. Yeah, I just don't understand. I, 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 I don't I just like think it. that. Um, and by the way, if I had a choice, I play Hilton. Um, and, and I like Vlaco. He's a tremendous it, dude. As, like Vic, as Victor says, the problem is that both are just okay, and neither one stands out. And I think that we wouldn't be having this conversation if one goalie was a lot better than the other one. We wouldn't be. Ha- this is not a conversation that we have. But I think that we could see both both good sides and faults at each player and they're more or less equal um in, in what they bring to the table i think that it becomes a harder conversation that's why we're but having helton, the debate helton gives me a lot more assurances helton, oh yeah helton does what i need him to do i understand the other guy has look but would you agree that, that in between the pipes, a, yeah he's, he's a better shot stopper i don't know if he's a better shot stopper. he's more agile he's got better reflexes but again i need a guy that's i mean think about how many one-on-one opportunities are going to happen in the game as opposed to crosses into into the box i think there's going to be a lot more crosses into the box and there's going to be one-on-one opportunities so i need that more than i need a guy to stop someone on a one-on-one so he gives me different assurances he gives me confidence i could do different things out the back with a helton and goal that I can't do with Lacodemos. There's a lot. I mean, I've complained about this over and over. Guys, rewind the tape over the years. If the guy, there's there's a lot of balls that are catchable to a guy like Vlacodemos. And for some reason or another, he punches it out, either get for throwing to a corner. It, it's he's giving the opposition the ball back. At the end of the day, in the world, in the, in, in the game of football, the objective is to score. And keep possession of the ball because if you don't have it, you can't score against me. If you don't have the ball, if I keep it away, so he's easily just giving the ball back, and I I think it's it's counterproductive, and I think Helton does that a lot better. I think Helton plays the ball with his feet out the back a lot better than a Vlacodimos does. He gives you different assurances. So yes, one guy's quicker in between the pipes, and the other guy's just a better overall goalie controlling his box. What is in bigger need for Benfica today? A guy that controls the box is a guy that's sitting there one-on-one and looking like a hockey goalie. It's, to me, simple. So it's not that one is great and the other one's bad. It's not that the other one is great. It Look, they might be equal, but one's qualities of I need someone's qualities more so than I need the other one's attributes and qualities. So, therefore, that guy plays. So I don't understand what he's done. Yeah. What he's, I mean, look, he had that gaffe. He had the red card. And Natasa, maybe Jesus, knowing Jesus, right? Went in, bah, 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 and he told him, bah, 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 and, bah, 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 and now it's, bah, 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 you're on a bench. Maybe something like that happened. I don't know. But yeah, no, it makes and, no sense. And Dave, I think that uh, uh, some of the folks in, in, in the, the chat are saying, or in the comments are saying that, yeah, it could, it could be a showcase. But I think that. As you, you don't enter do a August, showcase in a game like this. <laughs> but in August, as you enter August, and if you're still showcasing um, a player, I think that right now where you need to be, you you need to be on a trail of a keeper that you need to be your started before you start showing. Here's case. the thing, and here's the thing, guys. I I didn't watch, and you know, uh, admittedly, I didn't watch much preseason. I don't from the few games, few times that that I did watch Benfica play, and they only played what five, whatever. So I mean, it wasn't many, but the very few that I've seen of Benfica from pre, I, I don't recall ever seeing Helton in goal. 
He played a couple of halves. Yeah, yeah. They, did? Okay. they they split halves. Okay, I did not miss that game. So when did Svilar play? Svilar hasn't played. Period. Okay. Unless he played at at the Seychelles when the games weren't televised, but Svilar hasn't played at all. Okay. So it just it I I don't understand what you know what. what but anyway, once he takes over, he has to be really subpar in order to lose his position. And he just hasn't been there, from what I've seen. Pergunta aí ao teu amigo, JJ, what's going on? Ai, cara, beleza. O cara quer falar, não. <laughs> he looks like he's fed up with the yeah, situation. He's, he's mad. He's... This was supposed to be a positive conversation. We just spent about 10, 15 minutes. The... No, and that's fine. But that's that's a conversation that Benfica is, is having. There's guys that, that like Flaco Dimes. There's guys that like Helton. And we didn't even get into Tarap yet, Dave. Just wait. No, I'm joking. No, you know <laughs> so anyway, uh, turning our attention to the game, I thought that uh, that Befica played well in in the first half, and and if it was a, a gripe of mine uh, with the games that we had in preseason was that Befica wasn't creating as many uh, chances in the final third, or wasn't wasn't creating as many goal chances. Um, I think in the first half we were able to create quite a few, uh, and we were unlucky probably not to come out of the of the first half with a couple uh, goals lead, um, couple. Uh, Pizzi, I saw Pizzi miss a couple. Rafa miss a couple. Uh, Rafa you know, had that beautiful turn, and then with the outside of the, the foot, outside of the foot, that was always going to be a tough. But one. again, we all know once Rafa gets in the box, he's going to shoot wide anyway. So that was right up his alley. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seferovic comes out hurt, uh, injured in in thirty uh, in the thirty seventh minute. Uh, Cristiano, Fala. Uh, blessing in disguise, or or do you no, think we're screwed? Come on, you're talking to the wrong guy. You know, <laughs> you know, I've. Uh, look, I'm the first one to understand and admit that he's not anything spectacular, but I think he gets a lot of slack from you guys undeservedly uh, because there's other guys that miss just as many opportunities, uh, turn the ball over a lot more than he does, and they get no type of criticism. So I defend the guy for that for that reason alone. Now, it's unfortunate that he did get injured. Obviously, you never want to see anybody get injured. But if there was a possibility that he was going to leave at some point in this transfer window, this obviously is going to put it, you know, a wrench in things. And so it's going to mess up his plans, going to mess up Benfica's plans. Maybe he stays around now. Uh, we know Vinicius is gone. Uh, Pino is hurt as well. There was also, there's also rumors that there's there might be an offer for Darwin. Yeah, there is an offer, and they're rejecting. I don't know what the hell they're um, thinking. I take the thirty million and run. I mean, I. I <laughs> but here's I, here's the the thing that JJ addressed that uh, after the game, saying that there's been a lot of criticism by the media after Benfica signed the the Ukraine Ukrainian forward that Benfica has too many forwards for a team that plays with only one forward, and he said. We just had two players go down in just this game in Pino. Obviously, Pino is not going to be as 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 prolonged, we, absent we as Sefero. We don't know. From the early assessments. Well, they said yesterday no, but then you hear rumors that it might be a little bit more severe than than uh, than what it than what they made it seem like. Obviously, they're not till the swelling goes down, the MRIs, but they're always going to try to downplay stuff. But again, look, here's here and, and I'm not trying to even I'm not attempting to be funny. I'm not trying to be I'm just being honest, right? When the hell does the Portuguese media not criticize what Benfica does? They criticized last year because they had three strikers. Now they criticize because they got six or seven. They criticize regard Portuguese people. Sells papers. They, exactly. Sells papers. Benfica is never happy. I had people texting me going berserk because of today's lineup. And I was like, oh, she lacks. 2-0. And I got it right. So I got I got to. 
I mean, I don't get the minutes right. And I, yo, I thought Benfica was going to whoop them. And as I said on last week's podcast, easy breezy, easy peasy, come easy. And look, it was a nice walk in the park. Uh, obviously, they created a couple of chances, but Benfica created a lot more. It was totally what I expected. And considering this is the first official game of the season for Benfica, I think we should we should be ecstatic. Yeah, no, and I think that you know, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, let me just wrap up the the, the second half uh, real quick. Uh, Benfica came out with the same intensity, but I thought they were they were better. They were they were more uh, cynical in terms of what the team was doing. They were more direct. Um, Rafa was able to get on the board in the 51st minute, which kind of relieved uh, some of that 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 pressure and some of that frustration of missing uh, some chances uh, to to start. Uh, and I thought that uh, that was a good start of the of the first half uh, by Benfica. Uh, and I thought that uh, look, and I think that for as much money as Benfica has spent, and I, maybe this is a little bit of a, of an early assessment on my part, for as much uh, money as Benfica has spent in the past years, uh, this João Mario signing to me uh, is a game changer for this year for Benfica. Um, and, he, uh, you know, João Mario is not a spectacular player, as, as anybody knows. He's not going to dribble two, three guys, but he's a guy that is his reads of the game, his positioning, the way he gets the ball out of pressure situations is something that Benfica didn't have. The way he determines what kind of speed the game is played at through the midfield is something that Benfica hasn't had in the past and that we have been missing for a while. Now, with that being said, I know it's still one game, and I hope that we're not now become too dependent on João Mario, but certainly what I what I'm seeing now in, in Benfica's midfield is something that I'm really liking in terms of João Mario. Dave, what are your initial thoughts on on this Benfica midfield, and and what, what kind of improvements are you seeing on, on your end? I messaged my uh, buddies who are Inter fans after the game, saying I don't want to jinx it, but João Mario was easily Benfica's best player of the uh, the match uh today and like i said or and like you said it's early days and i don't want to jinx it but just the way he was able to connect sectors and distribute the ball and just make that look so easy um really really impressed with João mario's uh game today and uh hopefully he he's that missing piece that we've been uh missing in our midfield João mario i have to eat crow oh, i shouldn't say crow because i wasn't against his signature but at the same time i wasn't ecstatic I thought he was fabulous today. I thought he was Benfica's man of the match, followed by Verissimo. I thought Verissimo had an excellent game as well. But João Mario gives Benfica exactly what they've been lacking over the last two seasons. He gives Benfica exactly what Benfica has been asking and requiring of PZ. He just doesn't do it, you know, that far up the field in the final third. But as far as organizing the game, as far as keeping control of the ball, I think in possession – He's fantastic. And today, I thought he was terrific. And I thought he did a hell of a job of getting the ball. The guy barely turned the ball over. He was always able to pick someone out. And I get it. Look, as as I said, and you agreed, and I think you, you, you said the same thing when we first signed, he doesn't do anything spectacular. He doesn't do anything bad. He's just a solid, solid player. And I think that guy has brought that stability. And I get it. It's one game. It's Spartak Moscow. We're not going to get ecstatic. We're not going to get carried away here. But at least for the first official game, guy that, that only arrived, what, three weeks ago? Yeah, but it's also typical of Jean Mario. This is what we know Jean Mario to be like. 
he's never been spectacular, but he's always been that little that little ant, that little yeah, but, workhorse. But over the last couple of years, he's obviously hasn't played at the level everyone expected him to. So there was a lot of question marks. And so in the first official game in a Benfica shirt, I thought he represented the club. I thought he did a terrific job. And I think this is the guy that we needed to shore up on midfield. Now, as much as I was surprised and I'm ecstatic that he's, you know, he's obviously had this performance in a Benfica shirt. I think we improved tremendously our midfield, at least our middle of the park. He's a guy that's, as I said before, he's going to shore up everything in the middle. But that being said, I still believe that we lack creativity. That's the only concern. I think he's going to do a good job of spreading the ball around and getting everyone involved. But we need the difference maker. We still need a guy that's going to be able to break the lines. And João Mario's passed up. I mean, you know, a lot of organization, but never a through ball to really thread the needle. To, you know, he's capable of doing that, but that's, he's, you know, that's not really his game, right? He's more of a control guy, in my opinion. Yeah. We still lack creativity. We'll see. Now, it's going to be interesting once we get a Yarmachuk. Or Yudum, whatever I call him before, Yarum, whatever. Once we get that guy involved, because he's going to need some service into the box, and that guy could finish his ass off. So it's going to be critical that Ajo gets the ball out wide because we know JJ wants to keep his wingers as close to the touchline as possible and then cross the ball into the box. So Ajo is going to be critical in that department, but I still believe, and I think it's my only criticism, I still believe we lack creativity and somebody saying and i said that earlier everton i but everton's out on the wing i like to have someone in the middle of the park that could kind of pull the chains a little bit and dictate game and pace and 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 i do agree everton is really the only guy aside from rafa but rafa as we know as we've seen over the years he's tremendous for two three months if that and then he's way inconsistent and then towards the end of the season he shows up again he has the ability the speed to be a game changer but but I, I think that the thing with Rafa is that he can't be our sole uh, guy that's going to beat people with his speed. He could be the guy that's there that we could go to whenever we need to. But he should. I mean, there's been times of the season that he's been the only guy that's been able to do anything. But we need Everton to step up. We need Everton to bring the same type of aggressiveness and the same type of verticality that that Rafa brings sometimes. And and Everton is a lot more skilled, albeit not as fast as Rafa, uh, with the ball at his feet. So if we could have those guys kind of, uh, you know, give their uh, contribute now and again, where it doesn't always have to be one guy carrying the load, I think that Rafa could be okay if he goes missing in certain times so of the game. Here's the question. As I stated before, with a Yaramchuk in the, in, on the field, we know JJ's going to want to feed him. As I stated before, JJ likes to keep his guys as far wide as possible, right? What guy currently on the roster, and that includes Everton, really, Everton has the ability, doesn't do it, but really takes guys one-on-one, goes into the Touchline, and then, there's not a. We don't have a lot of guys that do. It. And Everton, Everton doesn't do that at all. I Everton, don't think Rafa does Everton do cuts in to get his shot. Rafa, Grim, Rafa's cross. Grimaldo and Gonçalves are the guys that do that, that. That's really it. We don't really have that wing. So and God bad. knows those crosses aren't good. <laughs> not all the time. Look, the good thing is that I, I firmly believe, on in my heart, that if Benfica does find a way to get past PSV in the next uh, 
you know, obviously qualify. PSV is going to be a tougher challenge PSV's, if we get past Spartak for sure. Absolutely. If Benfica does get through that and Benfica qualifies for the Champions League, uh, look, there, there's going to be more players coming in. And so we'll see. I mean, I, I would like to get another guy on the wing because right now we have really three wingers. Everton, Rafa, and the other guy's not even a winger, which is PZ. So um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, obviously right now, first things at hand, uh, the Spartak Moscow, I think it's yeah. her first official game. Um, I think it was a good show. It was by good, Benfica. man. Um, it was good. There's... What would you think of uh, of uh, your boy Gil's uh, goal in the 74th minute with the assist from Verissimo? Oh, Gilberto, that's Ballon d'Or right now. He's the early leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> Ballon d'Or, early leader. I mean, that was, I don't know if he closed his eyes, but if he meant that, fantastic. I mean, that's that's better than than, than Darwin, who's Benfica's all-time and Darwin. Benfica and league Portuguese. Darwin would have took three touches too long and would have wound up in a corner flag. He, I mean, give credit to Gilberto. Look, Gilberto's another guy that gets a ton of criticism and a lot more warranted than a Sferovic. Yeah. But. My man played well today. Yeah. You guys know how I am, Alfredo. I rag, but I give credit when credit so is you, due. So you think Gilberto is uh, I didn't think this nothing. season's serving? Don't put words into my mouth. I, I think that today he played well. Do you think is this is I, this season serving? Let me, I'm going to reiterate. He no, but let me, well I'll, I'll ask you that. Do you think he's this season serving? Meaning, no, because I he's still, not I, the most talented guy. I still believe there's a chance he leaves. Gilberto? Yes. Well, I, I, I would. I would think so with Diogo Gonçalves and Andre Almeida. I think Lazaro, Lazaro, whatever his name is, Lazaro, Lazaro. You holding out hope? I think I think there's a chance. Again, Benfica. Once, hopefully, once Benfica makes the Champions League, I'm telling you, there's going to be a bunch of new players coming in. Not a bunch, but we'll see Benfica possibly get another left back, um, right back. Obviously, we know for years now we've been complaining about right back. So Lazaro is a guy that could do the whole right flank. So he could, in that system, he could play that system, that that whole yeah. flank. So we'll see what happens. Um, but again, if Benfica can make a couple bucks on us, Gilberto, I don't think they're going to say no, especially yeah. if they have adequate replacements. Yeah, Nun Pinto St. Lucas on a selling roster. But look, yeah, I, I think that uh, I agree with Thiago. I think that I know that Luca plays as a second forward, but he could play in that interior role that Gilbert, that, that JJ has both Everton play and Rafa play, meaning start wide and come in. I think that Luca Walshmidt can do that. For Benfica, I don't think he's all there yet, but I think that he could do that for Benfica. I haven't, and I'm, sadly, I haven't seen any indication of that. It, it just hasn't shown me he's got the ability to take guys one on one. And when you put uh, Everton and, and uh, Rafa out wide, it, that intention to take guys one on one, and if you have to cut into the middle and you know get your shot, get your shot. I just haven't seen much of that from 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 Luca. And I think you know, as as I said to you last year, Alfredo here on the podcast, I thought when Benfica was getting him that he was more of a guy that got a lot more involved than what we saw last year. He, he, I thought he's more of, to put it, you know, in in, in layman's terms, I thought he's more of a midfielder than he was a forward. And it seems like he's more Luka. of a forward than he's a than, than he's a midfielder. He's a guy that needs the ball up top. He's not going to come back, get creative, get guys, take guys one on one. I just don't see him doing that. You might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong, but just based on what I've seen, I, I'm not sure. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I'm saying I'm not sure he has that ability. Yeah, Dave, what'd you think of the game, brother? Thought it was a good game. Uh, definitely a lot of chances, and the two line two nil score line should have been a, a lot more with the uh, amount of scoring opportunities that we had. Um, I think one piece that we haven't touched upon uh, with the Seferovic injury and Gonzalo Ramos uh, coming on, 
Uh, this could have been his opportunity to shine and make the best of his uh, limited opportunities. But uh, once again, I didn't, I think we had this chat earlier. Nothing that nothing stood out for uh, for Ramos in the uh, as the, the striker there. Uh, just no finishing. The Benfica really lacked a, a real finisher in this yeah. match that could have really put this this fixture away. But uh, I mean, if it was uh, my boy Sefetovic in that position, we would have probably been hearing the uh, the doubters out there. But uh, I think he should, for somebody that gets limited opportunities, this should have been one that he should have really capitalized on. Yeah. No. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> and I. I, I we have this ongoing thing with Gonzalo Ramos, and I had sent I had sent a, a meme to the to the group that we're in, where when when Seferovic misses a goal, ah motherfucker, you suck, get the fuck out of my club. Whoa, 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 whoa. Just keep watching, bro. <laughs> and, and when Gonzalo Ramos misses one, it's like oh, quitadinho, oh, no, pobrecito. <laughs> you know, look. Um, I agree. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that uh, sometimes uh, Chris and I don't don't agree, and uh, I'm all for giving a 19 year old the the due chances that that he has. He's he's got he's gathered a lot of praise by JJ in this preseason, so his stock is a lot higher with JJ than it has been. But as Cristiano mentions, at this level, big boy soccer, you got to show up. You got to put the ball in the back of the head uh, of the net, and especially when you have six forwards on the roster. So, yeah. Uh, so, it, it, look, you get those chances. You got to be able You got to be able to put your mark. You got to be able to put, regardless of whether you're 19 think, or not. I think that goes for even the Svetovic. It goes for everyone. Remember, because with the addition of Yarmchuk, these guys are, hey, we have a ton of options. If you're not putting the back of the net, next guy in line. Um, look, he's young. He has a ton of potential. Let's not put too much on the kid right now. Let let the kid breathe. Let the kid develop. Now, come Sunday, it'll be interesting to see if he's a starter. Because we know Vinicius is not really a guy that JJ likes to count on. Pinho's hurt. Sferovic is hurt. Yaramchuk is there. The question I have with Yaramchuk, and I had this conversation earlier today. I, I, honestly, I'm not. I, I don't know if it was you. I don't know who it was. I had a conversation earlier today about a Yaramchuk. I forget who I, who it was with. And in, in 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 if it was a South American player, a Brazilian player, whatever, even a guy that speaks English, I think, you know, I don't know if he does or not, but I think that guy might get to start. But because of Ukrainian being such a language that's not very familiar to the port, you know, the communication it's going to be important. He speaks English. He speaks English. They posted a video on oh, he does. Speaks video. perfect English, too. Yeah. Oh, he does. Most of the people now speak English, even you, Christian. Oh, yeah, I try. Um, but so then, look, I, I, there might be a chance then. I, I would not be surprised if 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 JJ then I guess yeah. What, with comes the out fi- with his new final brand new toy. Final thoughts on the game. I think it was look for first game of the season, considering the pressure that was on Benfica, which we all know was was all laid on all on Benfica, considering the fact that. In this game last year, we had such a blunder that really dictated the rest of our season. There was a lot of eyes and a lot of attention being paid to the players, to this club, to the way everyone carries the performances because of all the stuff, as you stated before, with the elections and all this BS. It was imperative that Benfica came out on the right foot. And I think today, on for a very first game, I thought it was better than, than, than you know, uh, what we 
a lot of people anticipate, I should say, because I did. I actually, a lot of people were, were skeptical about this. And so credit to Benfica, credit to JJ, the players and JJ, everybody stepped up today, did what they had to do, could have come away with a 4-0 victory. There was a couple of handballs in the box that I still don't understand what the hell is Benfica has to do to get these things called because it's been going on for a couple of years now. <laughs> but I think it was a, a positive result, a good performance. I hope that we could get better. I think we can get better. Um, and so I think, again, we have yeah. a lot of positives to take from this game. Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, I, I agree with you guys for the first game, for the first game of the official and, and with as much pressure because of everything that has happened uh, in the past season uh, and the possibility of, of of missing out on those 39 million that we, we so desperately want, not only as a club, but we also want the recognition of being in the Champions League group stages. Uh, I thought it was good. You still got a second leg to 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 uh, to play. Obviously, I would have liked to have come out of Russia with uh, a larger scoreline, but it wasn't possible. But I thought that the team comes out of there in a dominant fashion. Uh, I think that we were able to assert our dominance over uh, the the Russians, and I think that they they understand that they understand. And I think even uh, um, Huy Vitoria at the post press uh, conference, he said, "Mefica has players that that are that are national team players, uh, and and some of." the best national teams in the world, Argentina, Belgium, Brazil. Uh, Brazil. Uh, so uh, this might not even, and our team is still a team that's that's being developed and, and still in its embryonic stages. So I understand that, but I think that we still have, have the, the second uh, leg to, 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 uh, to play, uh, which we shouldn't have a problem uh, getting past this Spartak team um, from what I've seen today, from, from what their abilities are. Uh, but I thought it was good. I thought that there was um, there was a lot of encouraging, positive things that we saw from this team today uh, that normally this early in preseason that we don't see, and that to me is encouraging. Uh, and that's the one positive that I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to. That and Gilberto's goal, obviously. Gilberto, Ballon d'Or, baby, <laughs> early leader in the clubhouse, Dave. <laughs> Hey, it was the first time been, since October 2016 that Benfica hasn't conceded a goal uh, in a, an away game in European competitions. So. And Dave, I don't know the stat off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure this is one of the very few times Benfica scored two goals in the Champions League game. Uh, does it qualify as a Champions League game? I don't care. It's considered Champions League. <laughs> if you're not playing with the ball with the stars, it's not a we Champions League it, game. We make it Champions League. Don't worry about it, it. It's only Benfica's third victory in Russia, too. Well, we have one... No, did we? T- I don't remember that. 90, 96 Zenit? against Locomotive in 2016 against Zenit. And Zenit, this was yep. their third. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, turning our attention now. So, the, the second leg will be played, what, uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, Tuesday. Dave? Tuesday of next week. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, before that, we got the Murinsk game. But before the Murinsk game, let's, th- let's talk about you, the, the Ukrainian signing, uh, Yeramchuk. Uh, Roman Yaramchuk, 25-year-old uh, from Ukraine, signed until 2026 for 17 million of 75% of his pass with a hundred million clause. We signed him for Ghent, and Dave, he's had a little bit of an ascension at Ghent. Yeah, he was a Dynamo Kiev youth product who went to Ghent and uh, or Ghent, sorry, Ghent and Ghent, two different clubs. There uh, went over in 2017. Uh, made 121 appearances for them, uh, scored 47 goals. Um, He's also uh, a Ukrainian starter for the uh, national team there, uh, 29 appearances and 10 goals uh, for them as well. Right. 
So he's he's had a little bit of of a progression to the positive side in terms of Ghent. Of course, this is a Belgian league, uh, but also Ghent is not one of the major players in the Belgium league, right? So we don't know if they play attacking football like uh, like Benfica does. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know much about this player with the exception of what I have seen on YouTube. And granted, YouTube highlights and scouting videos are uh, taken with a grain of salt. But what you see uh, as you're watching these is lots of types of finishes. You got right foot finishes. You got left foot finishes. You got finesse finishes. Terrific you got head finishes. Uh, I mean, you got a player that's versatile in terms of the way he finishes a ball. And that's encouraging. Look, I think what I've seen from what I saw, I should say, what I saw from him during the Euros was was enough to convince me that this is a quality, quality player. And when you add those highlights, as you stated, and you see the types of goals that he's scoring, um, I think this guy's a finisher. I think if he gets the right amount of service into the box, he's going to put the ball in the back of the net, and he's going to be a huge upgrade from what we have right now on the roster in terms of finishing. He's head head and shoulders above everyone else. So uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm ecstatic. Um, I want to see the kid play the kid, the guy play as soon as possible. He's a kid with 25. I want to see him play as soon as possible. And, and hopefully yeah. this Saturday against Murirens, he, uh, he cracks the lineup and, uh, we see him live and in action right there and shows the world. What um, he's made of. Christiano, and, and do you think there will be a push in the same manner that there was a push for Darwin to start with this kid because he's a big investment? I don't think it's about investment. I think Benfica, is, as I stated before, regarding this first game in the, in the Champions League qualifier, there's a ton of pressure on Benfica, on JJ, to get off to the right start. Last year was... JJ and Rui Costa. Last year was disastrous. Let's call it what it is. Last year was a terrible, terrible season. Um... Obviously, many different factors might have played a role. Maybe not. We don't know. It's something we'll never know. We just sit here and speculate. But we know for sure Benfica has to come away with the three points on Sunday, going into a place that's not easy to play, a team that knows that they're going to have to sit back, keep things very tight, try to you know, catch Benfica on a counter. But then again, from what we saw last year, we anticipated a lot of those games to go in a way I just mentioned. But these teams have really no respect for Benfica. They just kept coming forward. And Benfica, a lot of times, was on the back foot holding on. Hopefully, that's in the past. Hopefully, Benfica comes in, plays the football that we expect them to play. We all want them to play as Benfica Easters. And again, the more or, you know, the, the more better players you have on the field, the easier things get. And so if he plays, I'm not sure it has anything to do with his price tag. I think it'll be more that his qualities as a finisher, as a goal scorer is what we need. We can't spoil these opportunities. Because if Benfica comes out of the gate limping, do you understand the country will be in turmoil? The newspapers <laughs> will be cra- I'm serious. It'll be all over again. It'll be hell at Seychelles, hell at the lose all over again. And so I think there's a tremendous amount of pressure and JJ's is going to try to put the guys on the field that are going to give them the results. Yeah. No, as, and as, uh, as Tiago says, not because of an investment, he is the best player at, at his position on the roster. Look, uh, like I said, I don't know much about the guy, especially uh, with, with, with Svetovic being injured. Vinicius yeah. doesn't count. So it's yeah. really, it's really between him Ramos. and Ramos and, and Walshman. But Walshman is not a number nine. Yeah. So it's, it's really between those two right now. You're Pinho, right. Pinho is out. 
And so, uh, and Muraj was asking, uh, how does the lineup change at home against Spartak? And, and look, we may see the Ukrainian at home. You know, we may see him, the Ukrainian uh, this weekend. And Mure, and I, I because, think I think the only change will be a Yaromchuk up top. If there's going to be a change, it'll be Yarom. Because again, as I stated before, it's him or Gonzalo. And due to the fact that Gonzalo just played, you know, what was it, 55 minutes or so, um, they might feel this guy, you know, come in, he's fresh. Let's see what we got. Give the kid a breather. Let him come off the bench. You see, you saw that last year coming off the bench, he could obviously make an impact. So um, you might see that one. And the other one I think you might see, might see a, you know, peasy to the bench possibly with, with the return of Everton to starting 11. Yeah. No, I, I hope that happens soon. And, I thought that Peasy was awful today. Didn't and play, hopefully didn't Helton, play well Helton, at all. No, Helton can't play. Never mind. Didn't play well at all. Anyway, um, first game of the of the new uh, named uh, Portuguese domestic competition, Liga B win. Um, Benfica happens win. B win. Benfica win. Uh, B sad. Uh, um, happens this Saturday. Benfica will will uh, play Muridense. It's away, right, Dave? At yes, uh, one is. one p.m. one p.m. in Mureira de Conch. Uh, Dave. Yeah, 1 p.m. Uh, and Mureira Conch. Any, any, yeah, any stat? 1 p.m. They're here. Here, oh. 1 p.m. here. Oh. So 1 p.m. Oh. 1 p.m. here. Yeah, amigo. 6 p.m. and Mureira Conch. Sorry about say, that. They don't play day games in Portugal. That was that was a shock. Like, what time though. I gotta wake up here? <laughs> early, early. Uh, Dave. Um, besides uh, our our homeboy or your homeboy rather, Stephen Vitoria in this Mureira. Uh, anything else that uh, that jumps out at us? Uh, they finished eighth last season with 43 points. They've already been eliminated from the uh, the League Cup. They were eliminated by uh, Penifiel and PK, so they bounced out in the first round of that uh, tournament. Uh, but historic numbers, we've got 22 wins, five draws, and two losses. Recent history hasn't been on our side, though. One win and two draws in our last three, and in uh, the last six, three wins, two draws, and uh, one loss. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> hopefully uh, there's not a residual effect from Europe, right? Because sometimes we'll see a team play well in Europe and then kind of have a little bit of a breakdown domestically. I hope that Benfica is able to carry the momentum and some of the things that we saw today in the game against Spartak Moscow and really take it to Mourinho's put that game away uh, early, manage the, the game, and then save – uh, some legs for 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 Tuesday, obviously, but um, I don't anticipate a, a, a hard time for Benfica. But hey, first uh, first game of the season, uh, first away game of the season uh, up north, no less. Um, limitation in terms of 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 fans. I think that they're allowing some fans uh, in. I don't know the the level and the number of of fans that will be allowed, but uh, nonetheless, it's always good. And and I meant to ask you to, um, to research that uh, Dave, to see what Benfica's uh, initial uh, or uh, league debuts have been in the past five years. But uh, I, I don't know if they've been too favorable. I know at one point we, other we, JJ things were like JJ. Yeah. With <laughs> JJ it was bad. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll turn the tide on that one and uh, we'll get this started because I, I got to tell you, and, and as a Benfiquista, you guys all know, last season was painful. So we're hoping that uh, this season meets up the expectations that we at least had last season, right? Because the expectations were, were very large uh, as a result of the investment. Uh, and albeit 
the signings that we've made so far, and I, I've liked the signings, especially the João Mario, the Sierra Chuk, I'm I'm holding to to see what's gonna happen. I'm positive about it. Uh I'm 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 being an optimist about it. And I, I just hope that the team just just goes on. Um you got a Porto that's been quiet throughout the preseason. Uh, and the, uh, of course, all of the Benfica news have I've kind of overshadowed everything that's been happening with the other teams. But Porto hasn't lost the game yet in preseason. But take it for what it is. Obviously, Sporting um, did not lose anyone, right? You got another uh, year uh, under other Ruben Muri. Added a couple pieces, right? A, a couple pieces, a couple surgical pieces that that, that they needed. They're going to complement their their team well. Uh, so look, it's it's going to be competitive again. It's going to be Braga a, is going to yeah, put up Braga, a fight. Yeah. It, things are going to be Guimarães is going to be a little bit better. So it's going to be look, it's going to be top heavy, but nonetheless it's going to be an exciting cup you know. Anytime Benfica plays, we make it exciting even when it's things are bad, you're still excited for that <laughs> weekend for that game to pop off so you can see it. Um but you know, it the pressure. Yeah, João Mario will not be I don't think João yeah, Mario yeah, will be able playing. to play this game. He's not that's right. He's not playing this game. Forgot about that. He's suspended for because the first game. Because he got a red card. With the last game at Sporting, yep, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, does Mete uh, start there? Um, I don't know. I think it's possibly uh, move him at six and put Vigo up top. Put Vigo move Vigo to the eight position. I yeah, you know that's that's something that JJ had mentioned that he hadn't played ball in in a few weeks and it's going to take him a little extra to catch up to the team. Um. Abola was reporting that he was working on his off days or during his off time to catch up to the team. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that in that position, JJ is very specific uh, in what he wants for a player. And it might take a little bit longer for a player to get acclimated to the game ideas and to, to assimilate the ideas that JJ wants. That's what I think. Mate, we might not see him right away. But I think that sooner or later, we will see him. We will see him. I, I think that JJ favors him over Vigo. I really do. I was I was actually, I was told that it's JJ's preferred dupla tandem is Maite and... Uh, João Mario. Yeah. We'll no, see what happens. I, I agree with that. Look, and again, if we still, everything, this roster is not closed yet. Okay? It's not final. If Benfica qualifies for the Champions League, there's going to be some guys on this roster leaving the new additions. Just like if they don't qualify, there's going to be guys leaving because they need to make up that money. So um, we'll take it one game at a time. I think Maite might play this very this very first game. Um, look, JJ, as I stated before, this is what these guys were brought in for. JJ has, has all tons of pressure on them to win this game. I think Benfica is going to attack things one game at a time, and we'll worry about next game, next game. Right now, it's about winning this game. Tremendous amount of pressure based on the horrific season we had last year. And it would be ignorant on JJ's part because, as we saw last season, he went into Paok reserving some of the new signings, hmm. and, and he, you know, obviously – he regretted it uh, for the rest of the season. And I don't think he's going to commit that same mistake twice. I think the arm tricks of the world, if he doesn't start, he's going to come in early in the second half. He'll get a huge chunk of, uh, of game time. Amaite is going to get in there and play, especially with, with, with you know, the absence of a Joao Mario. I expect these guys to play. They're brought in to play. 
they weren't cheap, they have to put up results from day one. It will be disastrous if Benfica doesn't come away from Moreira Gonigos with the three points. Yeah. It's not going to be fun. It's going to be a circus. And I think JJ knows that. Rui Costa knows that. There's a lot riding on the line in these very early games of the season. And Benfica will do everything possible to get those victories. Yeah, like um, before we go, just a, just a, a, a late uh, minute here. Shout out uh, Pedro Pichardo, who is a Portuguese uh, triple jumper uh, that's competing in the Olympics as we speak, uh, holds right now the the longest jump, uh, and he's the last one to jump. So uh, I think they're going on the last round. So it's very possible that he will be uh, getting that. Uh, that gold medal for Portugal. And it, I think it will be the fifth gold medal of all time for, for Portugal. And also he is, is he eligible to he's a Benfica roster. He's a, he, no, he's a Benfica. He's a Benfica athlete. Okay. So is he eligible? Well, he could probably, he could probably jump What's, for corners. What sport does he practice? Triple jump. Oh, track and field, triple jump. Possibly he could jump better than Vaco. As long as he holds on to the ball. Well, I, didn't, I thought it was like some type of... No, nah, big shout-out. So I hope that that comes through, and it's been... What about the rest of the guys? What about the rowing guy from Benfica? You only give a shout-out to that guy? That guy well, got he, a bronze. He got, he got a bronze. Yeah, oh. that's right. And there's a, there was a guy from uh, Judo who also got a bronze. And Patricia Mamona, who was a triple jumper for uh, for Portugal also, she got the silver. No golds yet. No golds yet. So this might be the first gold of this Olympic Games, and it will go to uh, Pedro Pichardo, uh, Portuguese athlete... Uh, competing in Tokyo via it doesn't matter I'm asking it doesn't matter okay. does it matter I no yeah it matters via Gafanya de Nazare my hometown thanks everybody for checking us out thanks for keeping us company yeah, thank thanks uh, all of you guys that uh, that came in and and um and commented and and were engaged with us we're going to do this every Tuesday night. We're going to try to uh, maybe on Wednesdays, depending on games. Yeah, depending on games. Yeah, because if you go be in Europe, so we'll we'll, we'll kind of we'll Europe. Epa, don't jinx it. Well, hopefully they're going to be in Europe either way. If it's Europe, yeah, that's true. It's still that's Europe. Dave, no, you're right. But it's not. That just you're sending <laughs> bad vibes. You you're right. CL. You're right, Dave. You're right. But anyway, um, thanks a lot for checking us out at 10 co 10 at 87 do 87. Uh, at Befica Podcast, where you can find us on Twitter, BefikaPodcast.com, uh, Befica Podcast, uh, Don't forget that. Uh, we're we're uh, big partners there. Uh, and thanks, everyone. And yeah. uh, uh, wear your, your, do your, your lucky rituals for Befica this upcoming, this upcoming Saturday so we can get started on the right foot. Yeah, and I expect you all back here next Tuesday, Tuesday <laughs> evening, to chit chat about Befica. And again, man, appreciate yeah, it's a date. all the interactions. Um, you know, we love you guys. We love doing this for you guys. We love interacting with you guys. So keep them coming and uh, carrega Benfica. Take care, everyone. Thanks again. Peace. Later.